Welcome back to the number one podcast in the world. We're your hosts, Chase Damore. And Gabrielle Moses. And today, guys, as you can see, I'm unscathed. The sun is out. The, the birds are chirping. He my, survived. My teeth are as white as ever. I have all of them. <laughs> I survived what was supposed to be a massacre, which was supposed to be a beatdown. Everybody thought I was going in there to basically write myself off. It was my own mm-hmm. demise. I was supposed to get knocked Yeah, out no one believed in you. <laughs> I was supposed to get knocked out on Saturday night. Don't take the fight. Don't do it, Chase. Just a little backtrack on the story, just to catch you guys up. When I started boxing, this long journey that's taken up the majority of the last year and a half of my life, it has been an overwhelming journey. The last year and a half has been, to say the least, time-consuming, painful, treacherous, disappointments, laughters, tears. Your body hurting a little bit, taking a few shots. But it doesn't matter, because listen, guys, we got a dub. We got our first victory. And finally, finally, you're one in uh, one and two, one and two. Uh, we're off to the robberies and, and okay, all that. <laughs> okay. We're not going to include the ones that shouldn't have count. Right. Regardless of what happened, uh, just a little backtrack. Minicon, who I fought, Malcolm Minicon, he's a content creator from the U.S. We used to train at the same gym. In fact, he was actually a lot better of a boxer than me when we first started. In fact, he was actually on the first ever card, Social Gloves 2, that I fought on back in summer of 2022. 2022, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know... It was a long journey, you know, but the difference is, is like you show up every day, you put in the work and eventually you're going to get better at a sport. Hopefully. Hopefully. You hope. You you think that everyone would get better, but apparently that's not the case. So recently uh, I got offered a a fight to headline Misfits 012 against HS Tiki Taki, who backed out of the fight, but for some reason was at the fight on Saturday. Yeah, that was interesting. I was a little confused about that. I think it had to do with weight though too, didn't it? I don't know, but all I know is me and Yogi looked right at this man and we said it should have been you. We let we had to let him know. We had to let him know. We had to let him know that it should have been him, and uh, you know he kind of got away with one. But essentially, guys, Minicon, uh, who in the influencer space on paper was supposed to be levels above me, like I was not supposed to fight this. This guy was supposed to fight. What's pros. his fight record? I don't even, it doesn't really matter his fight record because his argument is he's supposed to fight tougher guys than me, but I fought the toughest guys. Yeah, you, you fought Alan Belcher, so. Alan Belcher. Yeah. We fought, you know, it doesn't matter. The point is, is I reached out to a couple people very close to me and I'm a little bit hurt and they're hurt about my response to it, you know, post fight. But in the moment, let me clarify some things. If I reach out to you and I am not feeling 100% confident about this fight, even my damn self, because it's going to be a tough fight. I know it's going to be a tough fight. It's going to take everything I have to get ready for this thing. And to be honest with you, we didn't really have that much time to get ready for it. If you, you think about knew it. for sure, like what, two weeks in yeah. advance? We got the contract January 11th. We fought nine days later. <laughs> right? You lost your mind. You yeah, lost he, your mind for that one. He called us like four days before that. So I roughly had about... 10, 14 days to get ready for this fight. It doesn't matter. They said, are you ready to go? Are you ready to go? Against arguably the toughest guy I've had to fight yet. And, you know, track record says, you know, this guy on paper should beat me up. He has sparring footage that he's leaking. Uh, He's feeling really confident. Yeah, people are not. Okay, let's go back to the sparring footage. You're not supposed to leak that. Yeah. It's It's like an unwritten rule. You don't put out sparring footage yeah it's like a, it's a it's a fighter's code it's an unwritten rule of boxing is you don't leak sparring footage it's a confidential thing and you know he was leaking sparring footage he was talking about my personal life he was saying like a bunch of stuff and you know fair play to him because you know it is a promo at the end of the day and his influencer boxing i don't think he meant anything by it but you know particularly with this guy the reason that it was so personal is because we used to be really good friends 
you know, obviously we think back to when oh, you, no. you were the only one fighting Nate Diaz and his entire army, me and you fighting the entire Nate Diaz army. I was oh. just there for the support. But you were there and you were pushing back and, you know, he kind of... I got of, my hair yanked. Exactly. He froze up in the moment. Fair play to him. It's a, it's a fight or flight response. But, you know, you being 5'2 or 5'3, however... 5'4. Okay, whatever. In the morning when I wake up, 5'4. Okay, yeah, whatever. And, uh, you know, you fought back and, you know, it was just me and you versus everybody else. And I think, you know, this fight... It meant a lot and you know i reached out to like my, my own manager and he was like don't take the fight and i was like you're not my dad don't tell me to take not take the fight what do you mean and you know i found out that he told him that that guy was probably going to beat me wait he told minicon yeah he told minicon he's probably going to beat me and you know and i found I out you know, know some of my friends that had mutual friends you know they weren't sure who was going to win the fight and i didn't really have anybody in my corner and that's fine but yeah you were in the corner and uh- but you, know, me. but you know how much work I put in to beat this guy. Okay, so, yeah, I, mean, I see, like, the behind-the-scenes. You were the only one that was like, it's going to be a quick trip for you. <laughs> like, That's why I was like, yeah, I'm not even going to go. You didn't even fight. go. Yeah, I was like, I'm not shot. worried about it. You're like, you're going to go beat him. Oh, you're I'm like, I have other stuff to do. Like, I know you're going to win. Like, I'm not sweating this. Like, good luck, buddy. Yeah. I packed you some thank God. in your bag. And thank God. And a little note that said, knock his bitch ass out. <laughs> I did say that. I wrote him a note and I put it in some like, like Trader right. Joe's goldfish and some Reese's. It was actually funny. It was funny, guys. Is Misfits had brought it to my attention that Gabrielle here <laughs> likes to run her mouth almost as much as I do, and to the point where she went onto the Misfits Instagram page and said, "You guys told him not to take the fight with a bunch of clown emojis." She called them clowns, <laughs> you know. And you know, I, I got mad respect for that because. Uh, you know, my own manager didn't believe in me. Um, you know, Keemstar from Happy Punch didn't believe in me. And I, and I give credit to Keemstar, too, because at the end of the day, Keemstar was the only one that actually, you know, stood on business, messaged me as a man, and said, I take back everything I said. You proved me wrong. Good job, champ. And everybody else yeah. was trying to, like, tuck their tails and be like, well, I never said that. Don't so post the, that. Don't po- Yeah, and then tell me not to post the screenshots. And I'm not talking about just, like, one person in particular. This happened to, like, multiple different people who didn't show up to the fight for various reasons. As you guys can see, um, you know, I made a, a lot of revisions in the new year. And, Couldn't uh, get rid of me, though. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of people that were new to the team um, that have not previously been a part of the team before. You know, shout out to my friend Bren. Um, he flew all the way from Spain to come support the fight. Uh, shout out to my cousin, Tony Ballo. You know, he trekked it with me from start to finish. He never left my side, made sure I was good from start to finish. Uh, made sure, like, I wasn't getting jumped. Uh, you know, he was, he was basically my shout Ballo's out. Ballo's a real one. Yeah, I love that guy to death, man. And, um, you know, shout out to Coach Yogi. Very underrated coach coach in the scene oh yeah very underrated coach you know he He's had the a best. he had an uphill battle you know he was fighting you know he had me to deal with and he also had to coach against my former coach Ivan I love Ivan to death as well but you know it's it's he it's, knows it's different when you're stepping in the ring against a former like exactly. teammate and coach it's because like you know I mean like the teammate and my coach on the other side versus you know me uh, they know all my flaws. Yogi knows my flaws too, but you know he doesn't know any of the other stuff. And so, you know, Yogi had a, had a full plate ahead of him as well. And I don't think he gets enough credit. So I want to just take a moment here uh, on a public platform on the pod and and really shout out to Yogi. Uh, you know, we should be two and zero, hundred percent, because um, you know we've we've just dominated since we've gotten together. We're a power duo, mm-hmm. and you know we we have a strong appreciation for him. You know, Gavin. He's so Ibo. sweet. Yeah, he's so nice. Yeah, him. you just learned how to spell his name right, though. So did you. You're the one who told me to spell wrong. I know why you come on these podcasts and you always want to, like, do you find it funny trying to just throw me under the bus? Yes, I find entertaining. Like, you spelled his name. You want to talk about the things Gab does wrong on the freaking day to day basis? Like, we could go on hours. 
We're going hours. Like last night, she lost my three thousand dollar cat. Not okay, once. the cat was. No, hiding. no. Let me talk. Let me talk. You want to roast me all the time? Not once, but twice. You find it funny, right? Um, let's see. She tears up my car on the day to day basis. Um, she never cleans up after herself. So if you want to talk about other people, you you're the messiest girl. Your your IQ is that of a third grader at times. At times, but other times I'm like a Albert Einstein. So like, we're not, so like I said, we're gonna go back to giving Yogi his flowers before you sit on the podcast and and try to. Demean When's Yogi gonna come on here? I don't know, but back to what I was saying about Yogi, I wanted to just make sure that he was very touched on that he's a very underrated coach in the scene. Um, he does a really great job and he shows up each and every day. So like I said, you know, going back to the fight. I just want to reiterate, there's a lot of changes that had to be made across the team. And uh, yeah, we finally did it. We got the dub. Um, we took care of business down there. Let's go. Um, and yeah. Finally. And I think moving forward, you know, it's, it's our, it's the balls in our court. It's our fights to lose, um, you know, from here on out. And I think that, you know, uh, we got a big year ahead of us. And this was the first stone. This was a big risk. You have a lot of big stuff coming up too. I'm excited for the next fight. Yeah, the next one's going to be big. And, you know, we're going to go beat up Roman Fury here in the summertime as well. And I'm sure there's a lot of people that are going to doubt that one too. But, you know, I had a, a very powerful talk with Yogi right before we went out there. You know, we were in the locker room praying and, and giving, you know, our, you know, praise to whoever you believe in above. And, you know, he pulled me aside right before we went out there. A lot of people don't know this. It was my dad's birthday as well. I didn't want to make any excuses. And I haven't reached out to anybody. And it was like a very personal day for me. And, and nobody really knew what I was dealing with uh, internally. And I think that, you know, I, I sat there in the locker room for a bit and didn't really talk about it. And right before I go out, uh, you know, Yogi pulled me aside and he had like a heart to heart with me. And it was like a very familiar conversation because he said a lot of words that my dad used to tell me all the time. One of my favorite quotes I talk about my dad used to tell me all the time was, uh, you know, you ever see a good fight, get in it. you get in it. You get it. You see a good fight, you get into it, and you don't ever play scared. And, uh, you know, I knew I was getting in a good fight in this one. And, you know, Yogi had no idea what was going on, and none of the on the team really did. And he pulled me aside before I went out there, and he, he was like, hey, champ, I just want you to know that, uh, you know, your your power, your your thing is you have an ability to make non-believers believers, and you have a way to make people believe in you, uh, sometimes even if you believe in yourself or not. And, you know, that was something my dad used to tell me all the time. And I never really told Yogi that in that moment. And, like, I just, I really appreciated that because that, you know, gave me a lot of strength going out there. And I, and I went out there and I was like, you know what, uh, whether I have, you know, five guys against me, 10 guys against me, 20 guys against me, doesn't matter because, uh, you know, I'm going to show up and I'm going to do what I do best and I'm, I'm going to give it my all in every single moment. And, you know, at the end of that fight, it should have been a knockout, 100%. I thought it was in round, like, in the first round, like at the very end. And then also round two, you were like pacing yourself. I was like, okay, you just want to like drag it out, you know, make it a little bit more interesting. Right. Then round three, I was like, oh, that's that's knockout. Yeah, it, right. Like, I don't know what he, happened. When he was over the Oh, yeah. the disrespectful the ropes, photo. I was like, uh, oh my bro God. is doing a back bend. Right, right. <laughs> Bro's getting his back broken. Uh, yeah, you know, and like a lot of people saw me break down in, in emotional tears, and a lot of people were sitting there thinking, like, um, you know, is he is he emotional because it's his first win? There's a lot of stuff going into that, but I just want to be very clear. There was a lot going on with me that day, and like I don't really speak on it a whole lot, but you know, R.I.P. to Pops, Happy Birthday, Pops. That one was for you, and uh, you know, we brought back. A, a very courageous victory and, and it was David versus Goliath in, in fighting a giant like Minicon and he's a warrior and I want to give him his flowers as well and he took it like a champ and we shook hands afterwards and we're going to get you know back to working together here real soon and stuff and so 
uh, you know, I want to give him his props too because he is a hell of a fighter as well. And, um, you know, I, we both want to just continue to, to get better and take over in this space. So I just I really want to want to touch on that a bit. But enough of me rambling. Your on. outfit was cool too. I would just like to say that I look at the cutie stuff, like the outfits, and there's sparkles on it, so it got my attention. This girl's talking as if she was like, don't wear that. You're going to waste it on no, Minicon. No, because it was so last minute, and I was like, you're going to wear that outfit? Like, I thought you were going to save that outfit for, like, the next fight. And what type of person would I be if I didn't show up and try to be the best-looking dressed one in the room? Come on. Okay, you wouldn't be chased then. Let's be honest. Let's if it was $1,000, we're going to spend $2,000 on the next one. Gosh, I cannot even imagine. Do you have, like, a fight in mind? For the next one or timeline are we gonna give the people what they want to hear yeah and uh, you know that's what we do on this podcast number one podcast we drop some tea drop some tea and we talk some crap drop some tea exactly. you know stir the pot a little bit exactly and and you know we got the next one coming and it's gonna be against um uh, temple arts we're gonna have to go beat him up we're gonna that boy, he, he should be sweating bullets. <laughs> oh. I got. I don't know if you saw at the end of the last fight, but we we pulled this coach into the ring. I saw that. Oh, Gary Chase, is, Chase is trying to get somebody with yeah, sweatpants. No, I literally hear the commentator go, "Oh, Chase is trying to get someone up with sweatpants and slides in the ring, and security's not letting him through." And then he gets up, and I'm like, "Oh, it's Gary Olive." It's Gary Olive, Temple Arts coach. I let him know. Gary said, "Yeah, if I fight like that, I ain't beating Temple." Look, Temple Arts, man. I'm <laughs> You got something of mine. He's got something of mine. Gary knows he got something of mine. What's that? And that's my belt. Oh, my belt. the Misfits belt. The Misfits. Heavyweight. It's green. It's got a lot, a lot of gold on it. I, mine, my personal belt, the white one's a lot better. Yours but, is a little bit more pretty. But, you know, I got I to gotta make sure he doesn't have that. I'm like, I'm like uh, you ever seen Dragon Balls when they collect the Dragon Balls? Like, he's got my four-star Dragon oh Ball. I got gosh. the one-star Dragon Ball. Oh I got to go gosh. ahead and going to relieve him of duty with that. But, uh, you know, getting ready for this fight. Uh, you know, it was it was a lot going on with that too because I actually I didn't tell Yogi this because he was would absolutely kill me. I mean, he told me no like four or five times throughout fight week. I don't know what you're about to say. Uh, so there was a Twitter troll, Bad Boy Beeman. I refer to him as Red T-shirt guy. He's a Call of Duty. Uh, he like exposes people for cheating on Call of Duty. He's a Call of Duty YouTuber. Yeah. And uh, he's a boxer. He's an amateur boxer, white collar boxer. And uh, you know, I wanted to make sure that I was conditioned enough to to fight this fight and a lot of people don't know this but balo and i and i took balo with me in secrecy um you know the day before the fight uh we fought saturday no two days before the fight thursday we got up early in the morning no. and we snuck off and we no. and we fought bad boy beeman we did we went and we did a, a six seven rounds of sparring with bad boy Beeman and his coach wait did he tweet a picture he did he told us in the moment he's like I'm not going to leak any of the footage until Monday. As soon as we sparred, he went and he posted it all over the Yeah, internet. I was like, wait, I, I think I saw something about his face being bruised. Was that him? Yeah, so we, we sparred. Uh, and for those of you guys that don't know, you don't, you don't really work out anything during fight week, let alone sparring uh, you know, right before a fight. Is don't tell me that, dangerous. Chase. Don't tell me that you did that. Incredibly dangerous. And, you know, Yogi no, it's incredibly stupid. Not. Very stupid. Very, very stupid. I recommend no fighter out there ever do that. It's the worst possible thing you could do. But uh, we didn't. so stupid, We didn't Chase. even tell our coach 
much about it. It was literally me and my cousin Bala were like, you know, we got to do that. I hope Yogi that. watches this and then says something to you about how stupid that was. Yeah, it's probably the dumbest, probably up there with the dumbest because we could have been even tell me that. Yeah, no, because everybody would have told us not to do it. And, you know, we needed to go make sure that we were ready for this thing because we weren't we weren't showing up to, to a gunfight with a knife, essentially. And, uh, you know, we needed to make sure that we were ready to do that. So we showed up. We did actually rounds on the pads with, with Beeman's coach before. Um, they had me moving around. We worked up a sweat. And then we got in the ring and did a full six rounds of sparring uh, against Red T-Shirt guy who wants to fight Gary Olive, actually. And, uh, yeah, it was good How rounds. How old is he? Uh, I'm not sure. He's probably 34, 33. He, I don't know. He threw a hook, he threw a hook at me uh, one time in the spar, and he actually cracked me in the nose, and I was leaking blood all over. Actually, Bala was trying to clean it up, and <laughs> we got blood all over the place. Uh, we're like, oh, if we got a broken nose going into this fight, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be ugly because the medical team could not clear us. Like, they wouldn't clear us if there's anything wrong with us, like from a, from a loose tooth to... Uh, you know, when you go there, you've seen it. Obviously, they check your jaw, they check your face, your eye sockets, your ears, they check your eye dilation. So any concussion, any blood or anything like that. You are so stupid. Probably the dumbest, dumbest thing I've, I've ever done. But like I said, there was a lot of pressure on us. And what? A lot of naysayers are saying that we weren't going to win this fight. So then you go and spar before your actual fight. Yeah, and like it is what it is. And, and you know, it kind of goes back to like after we won the fight. I'm okay with people coming to me and saying, like, okay, like, we fucked up and we thought that you were going to lose our bad, right? Don't switch up what you're saying. And, and what it, like, so going back to, like, even, like, a manager, I make a point of this because he's one of my best friends and I love him very much. But, like, the fact that he signed the guy that I was fighting after we weren't friends anymore, after I got jumped by the Nate Diaz army, and then he posted us both on the story saying both of us are warriors. I swiped up on that one too, and I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> There's only one warrior. <laughs> exactly, and Gav's talking crap to him, and, I, and it's like, and then he was very upset that I posted the, the screenshots of the messages and stuff like this, as if, you know, he's saying like, you're changing what I say. It's like, no, bro, like, here's the thing. I'm your boy. You sign me. And in fact, I probably make you a shit ton more money than that kid's probably making you in comparison. And, this uh, is the drama. And, uh, now, and now you want me to delete what I said when it's in my contract that I have to post about the fight. It's in our contracts. So we have to promote this fight, by the way. Uh, you want me to delete what I said because you're referencing into it. And I specifically told him specifically, if you're embarrassed by it, then you shouldn't have said it. And I have no bad quarries against him. I have no bad blood. It's no big, it's like, it's like I'm chilling. But the problem I'm going to have is don't tell me to change how I'm feeling emotionally. Because when you said that in that moment, I had to live with that. I had to live with it. I printed, I had it as my wallpaper. I printed it off and put it on my mirror. I looked at that every single day to the people that are supposed to be in my corner all the time that didn't believe in me. I had friends not show up to the fight for whatever reason. But you're not talking about me. I would just like to put that out not there. Not talking about you. You're not you talking about me. You wanted to come to the fight, and I told you there's no Yeah, problem. and I also was like, I have stuff to do. See, I knew you were going to win, so that's why I right. didn't come. Right, You're not talking about I'm me. Talking, I'm talking people that are supposed to be in their corner, who I reached out to, who have completely comp flights and hotels, and, and uh, you know, from managers to friends to family. Uh, you know, nobody wanted to show up to this one because nobody wants to believe um, in, in this story that we're writing. And, and that's fine because those same people you take mental notes of because now those same people are going to be in that uh, other side of that fish tank, other side of that, that glass wall. Because now it's like not us versus them, it's 
whoever's over on Chase's side versus everybody else. It's like, okay, here's my thinking too. You can't just be a fair weather friend. Like no. whenever you know you're going to win, like only through the highs, you have to stick it out through the lows too. And I think that shows like the strengths of friendships as well, you know? Yeah, 100%. Don't tell me that you're going to be my friend when it's convenient for you. Don't tell me you're yeah. going to be my friend when when it's all sweet and kosher and everything's good. You're my friend when I'm down in the gutter. You're my friend when I'm going to war. Like these fights, like anything could happen. You could get punched and never walk again. And, and because uh, like, oh, I have to go to a meeting in Miami. You didn't show up to that because I uh, can't support both of you uh, equally. I'm non-biased. You didn't show up to that because I have to ask my parents if I can come. I didn't show up to that because uh, I have to go to my girlfriend to Peru. I didn't show up for that because, uh, you know, the same people that watch me get jumped. The same ones that ask you like, oh, can I come to this? The same people that watch me get jumped. The same people that I'm fighting that fight. Didn't show up to. And then it's the same people that want to reach back out after you in the fight and talk about how proud they are. With all due respect, fuck all those people. A hundred percent. And when you guys need something, don't call me. A hundred percent. That's fair. hundred percent. And like that's and that's and that's how that's the way it's gonna be from twenty twenty four. I'm not putting up with that. There's not gonna be a oh, I'll be at the next one because now all the hype's there. Now everybody wants to be on yeah, the PJs and at the parties and in another country. Nobody wants to go to Leeds, UK when it's raining and I'm fighting arguably. You didn't even want to go. I didn't want to go. The entire time you were pitching, you were like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to go to this. This is so stupid. Exactly. I hate the weather. Exactly. And so it's like, it's like now I'm jet lagged and I'm back. I'm coming off a win. Now everybody's proud. Don't call me. Suspicious. Yeah, don't call suspicious. me. Suspicious. <laughs> Just a little I came back. I got my dogs. Douglas was happy to see me. Oh my gosh, Douglas! He didn't even get up and jump at me. He just sits there and he just picks his pop. He's he like, goes like dog? this. He, he said, "Yo." He dabbed you up. <laughs> Good he stuff. Because I'm trying to take him to. We got a Hawaii trip coming. I'm trying to take him to Hawaii. Okay. But uh, yeah, you know, don't, don't call me. And 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 you know me. And then Gab, like you know, I'm tells me all the time I'm way too nice. Oh my gosh. I've talked about this on the podcast before. I've nice. literally been like Chase. I spent nice. fifty grand on my last on my all my friends on the trip after the I got fight. so pissed at you for that. Fifty thousand dollars in one stupid. month. In one month I spent fifty grand on us to have like this great vacation. And these are the same people that didn't want to show up because I gotta go to Miami. I gotta go to Peru with my girlfriend and I, I gotta ask my parents. They're all in their mid to late 20s, by the way. <laughs> so you guys do with that information as you will. But like, you know, I said, I'm not here to, to, to criticize or bash anybody. But like, you're just stating the facts. All I'm doing, I don't like what I always say, I neither add nor take away from the story. I'll tell you exactly what happened, exactly how it happened. And you guys do whatever assumption with that as you will. But when you guys come and ask me, like, why is the team different? Who's different in our corner? And I don't want to sit there and, and have a powwow about it because now you understand. Like moving forward, my cousin, he's he's my blood. He will like he, he's pissed me off too, and he's missed fights because he had modeling shoes. But like you can't, you don't, pick, work. You don't pick yeah. the family. You know what I mean? Like he's he, like whatever. I'm gonna take him. <laughs> yeah. But I know. But I know two things about him. My friend Josh Legrove, from uh, him. If I was ever in a, a sticky situation where I'm... He's the one that came sprinting. He was busy doing something and he stopped what he was doing to run over and make sure that guy was good. And the five dudes that were there weren't even doing that. 
And he comes running. And he can't run. He lives in England. He could get expedited out of the country and never be allowed back here. But that's not about that. It's about making sure that I'm not getting stomped out. You know what I mean? And then you got you got uh, my cousin who's going off, like going off on them in the group chat with the co- with with the coach. I and saw that group chat. Snapping at him, like, what the hell? These are the same dudes that want to sit at the tables and be on the PJ and like free food. And I've and I've already gone on this rant. I've gone on this rant in in the previous podcast. We'll put the link right here. But like I've gone on this already, and I've talked about this. But like I just I just want to overemphasize. Like what did you what did fair weather friends is that fair weather friends yeah like they're only there during the good and easy times when it's convenient for them it's fair weather right and now I'm the biggest star in, in heavyweight boxing. I'm now the biggest star in heavyweight boxing, and you know what everybody else looks like? A bunch what? of jackasses. A bunch oh. of jackasses. I was going to use a different word, but that works. <laughs> what was the word you were going to use? I was going to say they look stupid. They look silly. <laughs> and it's like, and it's like, guess what? That was supposed to be the toughest guy in the scene, and I made him look like a kid. What do you think I'm going to do the next guy, and the next guy, and the next guy? And then when we headline at the end of the year against Roman Fury, and we beat Roman Fury, and we become the biggest star in boxing... Those same friends, you know what I mean? And then in the back of their head, you know what they're going to be hoping? We hope that he gets knocked down a couple notches. And you know what that does to me internally? Makes you want to prove him wrong. Fuels me. I made a career, and Yogi said this before I went to locker room. I made a career out of making the non-believers believers. I made a career off of living off this field. The more people talk about it, the more people hate, the more I feed off of that, and I and I, you also eat. like to do the exact opposite of what people say too, so I think it kind of like correlates well. So intentionally, I'll do that. Intentionally, yeah. I'll do that. But you know, enough about going off around. I don't want to even like, give these guys any more time today because you know how I feel about it, and uh, you know. Oh, we know. You know now. Now we're in a situation where it's like. A closer for circle. Closer yeah, we close the circle off a little bit more, and now which is unfortunate. But sometimes in life, like that, just has to happen. That's you know? how it is. You just got to figure some things out. You might Espe- have to- especially because a couple of these guys in particular, and I've said this already, but were there when I was getting jumped. Now they weren't there when I was putting this one to bed. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. uh, so, anyways. Moving on from from the boxing, I'm very thankful, Miss Fitzo 12. That was a great main event. Next fight, woo! Next one. Another uh, one. A lot of you guys who haven't seen that yet, they brought out uh, the mystery fighter against Ed Matthews and Luis Pineda. Uh, mm-hmm. Man, the guy He's came the funniest out. Funniest kid. Funniest guy came out. Uh, got the knockout win. Like he was looking rough at first, and then you know he weathered yeah. the storm. He put up his guard, and then uh, he put out. Uh, yeah. He put out Ed Matthews. It was H- a good fight. Great fight. I like that fight. HS Tiki Taki was. Fox. Pretty uh, Fox. Fox's fight was Fox good too. Fox the motherfucking G. He's Fox a kid G. Too. I said it. I said it. I said it though. I said Fox the G is an absolute stud kicking box. I've been mm-hmm. saying that. I no, said, you have. I remember that. I, You're like, don't ever tell anyone you were an amateur boxer too. You're yeah, like, I told hide him. that. Don't ever say that. And he went out there and hit him with the hood, hood, hood. <laughs> and then he sent an overhand. He sent an overhand to finish him. And um, it finished him, let's just say. He went night night. <laughs> to a guy that arguably looked way more scary than him, to be fair. And he was ten years older. It was a ten year oh, he was twenty eight, wasn't he? Yes, it was a ten year difference. That's what ah. like half the press conference was. Was he saying, I'm ten years older than you? You're my son. Well, just like every great father, you got beat by the son. <laughs>
Now, one day, what do they always say? Uh, I'm going to get mine before I'm going to get got. Fox got his before he got got. Let me, let me just say that. I've never heard that saying before. You ever heard, like, heard I'm going to get got one day, but I'm going to get mine before I'm going to get got? You never heard that? No, where's it from? I'm from Missouri. Fair point. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, uh, who else fought on that card? We got... Um, L and AJ. L and AJ Bunker. Love both of them. Shout out to the new champ, L. Shout out to AJ Bunker for putting on a great show. And it was she, a good fight. She was a courageous champ for a long time. The lead-up to it was good, too. Yeah. Like you know, all the bickering. It takes... Guys, like, here's the thing. At the end of the day, check on people's mentals because it takes so much, so much courage to even make that walk into a ring. Like, you're going into a fight. Not yeah. 99.9% of people would not even dare. I'm a point. I'm part of the 99% that would never get. <laughs> like you're going watch. against every human instinct to go get into a fight, and a lot of people wouldn't do that. So shout out AJ Bunker, shout out L Brooks. Yes, uh, uh, another great show that put on Miles Raksu and DTG Deji. Great. Great performance. Super nice guy. I swear to God, DTG is one of the nicest people. I got to really connect with him uh, over Misfits 12. He's been in the same dressing room or, like, getting ready room twice now. Such right? a nice kid. The kid went and bought uh, everybody flowers. Like, uh, he went and he gave all the no Misfits way. people flowers. And, um, he's super, super nice kid. That super, makes me want to give him a hug. And this is before, this is before the fight. He was just being a nice kid, and I got to really connect with him. And, and he put on a great performance. And uh, shout out Miles Raksu, a new heavyweight in the, in the scene. And... Uh, he showed up for his first fight ever, and you know it didn't go his way that night, and uh, that's okay because I had a great uh, talk with him afterwards, and I think he does a great job with the character and the persona, and I let him know like he got under my skin at one point, and that takes a lot. And what did uh, you do? You? He just he, he just runs his mouth a bit, and uh, oh, like you don't. That's why I'm giving him oh, his flowers. Okay. I said, you know, he's doing a great job. Okay. He's doing a great job with that. And, and I told him I stick with it, you know, and I want him to keep boxing. And we need more heavyweights in this division. And uh, Yeah, they do know, need more heavyweights. They had a great fight. Most wanted, um, you know, he found out a little bit. I'm not going to lie. Uh, you know, he's a renowned internet troll. And uh, I like I like most wanted a lot. He's a good kid. He fought... Um... He fought some dude that, you know, beat him up pretty bad. And, and like I said, he found out a little bit. You know, it's not all... Um, internet it's not, about it's not always rainbows and butterflies when you step in the ring. Exactly. Sometimes you, know, you get a lot of rainbows. <laughs> Just a different type of rainbows and fairies flying around. You see some sparkles too. Yeah, right, and so you know, I, I give him an uh, immense amount of respect for that. And uh, who else we got on there? We got um, who else fought Ed Matthews? I said everyone that I know. Um, um, Ashley Raksu and OJ Rose, uh, they had a draw, both warriors. Uh, I like OJ a lot. Oh, yeah, that was another good one. Uh, OJ, you know, he's new to the boxing scene, but he looks like a phenomenal in there. Ashley Raksu, he trained his butt off. He was the underdog going into that, and uh, he put up a hell of a fight, too. He held his own. Uh, from across the board, I will say, like, uh, Mams Taylor, uh, great job, especially getting rid of the PBA. But great job, Mams Taylor. You don't get enough respect that you deserve. Uh, you know he he balances all of a fight, all of his fighters, and he's got great personalities. And he pulled this show out of his ass essentially because I thought the show was gonna suck personally. And it was I one, thought it was gonna fall under yeah, whenever was, they announced like the PBA was like no longer with. Yeah, Misfits. and it was it was honestly one of the best Misfits shows to to be it a part good. of and and to to watch from the fan base. So uh, shout out Misfits Boxing, shout out Mams Taylor, shout out uh, all the extra people um, that that show up, uh, all the people behind the scenes, um, Chris, uh, you know James, our chiropractor. 
director, uh, everybody, our photographer. He asked me numerous times if he's coming on the podcast as well. We're gonna we're gonna have to get him on here eventually. All these people that you guys don't see, uh, they they busting their tails, making sure they putting on these shows for you guys uh, as the audience. So make sure you guys give them their flowers. Um, shout out Happy Punch Fighters. Uh, ben Davis, one that I forgot as well. Uh, absolutely crushed it. Um, yeah, so. I have a big question though. Will Misfits ever come to LA? Hey, if you're watching, are you going to ever be in LA? LA is an expensive venue. It's hard to get people here. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, that would be, have to be a, a major card. Um, also, like transportation, trying to get people around. I want to see KSI fight in the United States though. I want to see that happen. Like, come on, where's it at? <laughs> Just guess, an idea. Guess I will fight this year. Or maybe like Scottsdale. That would be a fun one. That would be a good one. That would be so fun. Misfits, go to Scottsdale. Yeah, we're excited to see KSI go again this year. He announced uh, that he was going to be fighting here real soon as well. And Oh, he uh, did? Yeah, he did. He did. Oh, he did. yeah. He, but he didn't say who. He just said it was going to be soon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then, you know, uh, they pull out the Misfits boxing rankings. Um they have me tied for number one overall. It shouldn't even be a tie because I beat With Temple, who? Temple Arts. Shouldn't even be a tie. But Mrs. Pound for Pound Power Rankings, uh, we're the best heavyweight in the division and we're the guy to beat. And everybody's coming for us. And look, we're ready for him because we like, what do we always say? Uh, anybody, any place, anywhere. So, I mean, uh, you know, great weekend. Uh, Next time you got to have some good team uniforms. Happy to be back, but uh, moving from that, um, Gab spent her time in L.A., so she's going to tell you about how she built flowers while I was trying to give people flowers. <laughs> no, literally. I was that Okay, so I went to an event with Too Faced. Not the same as boxing, because it was literally a floral bouquet class. But anyways, I was talking to this girl who was sitting next to me. had no idea who she was, whatever. The sweetest, you know, you're nice to everyone whenever you're anywhere. Anyways, then I find out it was like the head executive director of Two-Face. And then today, literally this morning, like two days later, I find out that, oh, they loved you so much. Two-Face wants to work with you. Guys, I was starstruck. I've been using this brand since I was literally in like eighth grade. And so years later, I'm like, this is so cool. Like I went to the event. I made some friends. I'm going to go to headquarters soon and have tea with them. It's I was not getting punched in the face for that, but... We made some cute flowers, hung out with friends. I'm trying to think what else happened while you were gone. I was holding down the fort with the animals. <laughs> I was dog sitting, watching the cat. Why are you looking at me like that? What? You're making So I face. was getting punched in the face. I was literally making flowers. And having tea. And having, no, the tea's going to happen soon. I went to some good restaurants too. Yeah. I mentioned that your life is so difficult. I worked out. Two. Ran a few miles. <laughs> Listen, I've already said it once. I, I'm not a fighter. I played with the cat. That yeah, I played she with the lost cat. twice. Okay, to be fair. Okay, let's talk about how the cat disappeared. So I was just cleaning and stuff and just like organizing some stuff that just really needs to be organized. And all of a sudden I realized the cat's gone. This cat's usually like within two inches of me all the time. Is he not always right next to me? Usually all three animals are right next to me, to be fair. You've got a crew. I have a you crew. A I have a zoo. I have a zoo now. Anyways, I realized, oh, shoot. This cat's been gone for like 15 minutes. Maybe I should start looking for him. And I'm looking. He's not making a noise. You had he, security come help you look for the cat. Yeah. So this was last night. I'm like, shoot. Did the cat like somehow book it? Like, I don't know when this cat would have gone outside, but like, 
I lost this brand new cat. Like, ugh, this cat's three months old. It's probably going to get ran over by a car. Like, this is not going to be fun news to break to cheese. My so $3,000 cat. I texted him and I'm like, hey, do you have the cat? Like, this is not funny. Like, I literally texted you, this is not funny. Where's Holly? And he just ignores me. And I'm like, okay, maybe he's pulling a prank on me. So then I continue looking for this cat. Still no sound. I'm now doing laps around the apartment. I find security and I'm like, hey, if you see an orange cat, please let me know. Cause I'm gonna get murdered by Chase if this cat went, you know, missing. Um, so then about like 30 minutes later, I'm about to burst out in tears and I'm freaking out. I'm like, how am I gonna break the news to Chase? Like I made jokes too. The worst part of this is I made so many jokes saying that if you got a cat, I would make it disappear. <laughs> Because I'm not a cat person. I'm allergic to them. Don't like them. I love Oliver. Yeah. Well, now I like him, too. And I was about to start crying that I may have lost him. Partially because I was scared of how you were going to react. But I no, found The him. craziest thing was you asking me if I did something with the cat. And I'm saying... Because I thought like, you were playing I know there's 0% chance that you're trying to gaslight that I lost my own cat. I thought you were trying to prank me and be like, Oh, Gabrielle, you're so stupid. Like, this is the cat. It's right here. Anyways, after about 45 minutes... This cat. This is a giant Maine Coon. He's five pounds. He's three months old and he's five pounds. Okay, he's five pounds. Anyways, I look over. He's sitting on a pile of clothes in the closet. Just he's quiet. Sleeping. Just looking at me. He looks up like he just woke up from a nap. And I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? In other news, we're going to talk about Mr. Beast for a second. Because oh. uh, I'm a big fan of Mr. Beast. Love Mr. Beast. Learn a lot from Mr. Beast. From thumbnails to YouTube videos to storytelling, even. Mr. Beast recently went viral on Twitter, or X, I should say, formerly known as Twitter, for testing the revenue system. A lot of us content creators who are streamlined into X. I haven't Twitter, seen this. You make a couple dollars per ever X amount of views. They're trying to monetize it, but ever since Elon Musk took over X or Twitter back in like 2022, uh, it's been on like a downward trend. People aren't making any money. I think, you know, I get millions of impressions on Twitter and I made like 15 bucks. I can't even get monetized on Twitter. Right, and so Mr. Beast wanted to test how much money people were making on X, and this has actually started a lot of controversy from people saying, like, you know, now that he's done that, it's taken away from their purses. Well, he actually went viral recently. I sent you this article, so we're going to go ahead and, and put a screen share on here somewhere. And um, basically, he posted an old video that he had made on YouTube, straight to X, where he made a whopping, uh, go ahead and tell them, 250,000 US dollars. You have to be kidding me. This is yes. US dollars off of one video that he posted X. $250,000 he made off. An old, not a not one video. It's an old video that he already monetized on other platforms that he moved over to X exclusively and X paid him out $250,000. I'm doing something wrong with my life. So doing something wrong. So a video he already had on his phone essentially made him that much money. And, you know, a lot of people were saying that he essentially um, was pulling for people's purses because some people said they had the same amount of impressions but somehow made less money that month. I don't know. I think there's some shakiness going on on that, on that X platform. So I've not really dove into the monetization of it that much. I, I get like 15, 20 bucks a month off of it. Um, it's not making me I get none. Anything. Well, you make it more on like, TikTok needs to pay their creators better. Oh no, I think TikTok is actually scamming their creators. I have oh, no. a theory. Should the I only the only platform that's not really scamming people is Snapchat. Snapchat, but they just changed the algorithm, so it's going down a little bit. 
I noticed. You've been testing it. I've been testing the algorithm. Okay, should I talk about the TikTok one? I legitimately think TikTok is not paying their creators. So I, I posted several TikToks to see. I was taking screenshots of the analytics and the new creator beta, the way that they pay people, you can only get paid from views from the For You page. If your followers are viewing your stuff, you're not going to get paid, which in my head, that doesn't make sense. Any sense at all. Like, that makes zero sense. So you're telling me if the algorithm works in my favor, I'll get paid. But if the people who are loyal to me are watching my stuff, it's not going to do crap. Stupid. And the, yeah, like, the like, RPM... The, having a following, the RPM will range... Like, mine's about $1.20, but some videos, it's like 80 cents. So every thousand views you'll get a dollar twenty. And you know, here's the more messed up part is it's like now they're promoting like other things. Like I remember when I first started TikTok, I was getting hundreds of thousands of views off of basically posting. I never made money on TikTok. Posting like almost nothing. I think I, back in the original creator fund before I was on TV, I made like 20 grand. See, and everyone always talks about how much money they're making from TikTok creator fund and this and that. I just think I don't have a good, like, I'm not in their favor or something. Like, and I'm seeing these smaller creators with, like, 500,000 followers making, like, $10,000 a month just from this TikTok creator beta. So I was testing this theory, and I look, I refreshed my page after, like, two days of letting this one TikTok of me trying um, British food. And all the analytics changed. So instead of me getting like 78% views from the For You page, all of a sudden it was like 10%, but then 68% was from the search. So because all the analytics switched over, I maybe made like 10 bucks from this video that has hundreds of thousands of views because you can only get paid if it's from the For You page. And for some reason it said the search bar ended up getting me paid in the views. So something's not adding up. I don't know what's going on. And I've seen it on some of my other TikToks too. I don't know. It's just weird, the monetization, how people are making money now, because it's just random. You can't predict it anymore. Yeah, and, and and the way that they're doing it is they're they're promoting that, that self-promotion thing. Have you seen that, Gab? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Where like, you can buy views. You can basically buy views now, and and you promote your own TikTok, and you can drive audiences to more... Fun. I think it's stupid, because back when I first started, man, I would post, like, just sound overviews or, like, a catch or something, and it's getting, you know, 100,000, 200,000 views, which is a lot when you only have 10,000 followers. And yeah. now it's like, you know, I have over 2 million followers on that app, and it's like... In order to to break a threshold of a million views, it's either got to be a, a ridiculously viral video, or B, it's having to pay to promote it to get X amount of audience or hit this audience, and or you have to add the TikTok shop or no, like it's to just add not, yours, or it's just like stupid how they're. It's uh, not uh, predictable. It's like so unpredictable. Like you don't know if you're gonna have enough money. I'm worried for creators who are, you know using TikTok to literally pay their rent and their bills because you don't know now when things are going to like consistently do well like I had a video get 4.3 million views the next day I had one that got like a million views but then since then it's been like 20,000 views 50,000 views maybe 100,000 views like imagine if I was relying on TikTok to pay my rent like I'd be screwed because they've just changed everything so, so much. Yeah, and like I said, like that's why I go back to the Mr. Beast thing. Is I, I dive into a lot of what he's saying. And like a lot of my For You page now is like educating me on like feller growth and all that mm-hmm. stuff. It's just like, it's kind of like, 
difficult because TikTok specifically wants you to do certain things in order for the video to do good. Like if your content is short form content and you don't have money to promote it and that's how you've made a living, no, they've changed the algorithm now. Now we want long form content, we want series content, we also want you to use the add yours button and we also want this filter, we want you to edit on the app and then we want you to pay to promote it at the same time and then we'll push it out there. Crazy. Seems a bit difficult. Yeah, but for that reason, be sure to add us on Snapchat, guys. At Gabrielle underscore Moses and at Chase DeVore. We post platforms. all the time on Snapchat. Snapchat actually takes care of their creators, so shout out you guys. Shout out you guys. <laughs> but uh, do you have any dating questions for the people? I do. So in the DMs, you know, we're always asking some interesting stories because we want to get you guys involved. This week is some very, very terrible dates. So let me go ahead and open those up, which I'm so sorry for you guys who have bad dates because the dating life is rough. And like, while she's getting into that, guys, just know you guys love hearing stories about my crazy ex-girlfriend. And I'll give you guys another story right after she's gone. Okay, so first one. The worst date, I went to Applebee's and my date could not, even for a moment, stop talking about Dragon Ball Z. We were both about 20 years old. I didn't get to say anything. It's a shame because he was super handsome. The entire dinner talked about Dragon Ball Z, which that's why I was giggling what earlier. Dragon Ball Z. Well, I mean, come on. If you're on a dinner date, at least talk about something else, you know? Dragon Ball Z's lit whatever whatever okay here's a little bit of a better one you might be able to relate to like college time we were supposed to have coffee he arrived late the conversation was torture because he just did not want to talk he looked distracted and i asked why he said his buddies were drinking in the dorm and he wanted to go drink with them i said cool you don't have to stay so he left the end <laughs> bro really said Okay, fine. Why don't you tell the people what an ideal first date for you would be, Gab? Because a first date these people for want me? to figure it out. It'd be an, I've already said this on the podcast. It would be like an activity, like top golf or like going bowling or something, or like even a hike. Because I'm not going to sit down at a dinner date for the first date. Like, that's scary. That's a little bit too much pressure. Um, if I order a steak instead of a salad, sorry, I don't want you getting mad at me for that. I don't want you to be looking at me while I'm chewing my food. Like, I'd rather go out and do something, you know? Even, like, an arcade for a first date, you know? I think that would be nice. Hey, look, guys, if you guys want my advice, I'd say stay away from the girlfriends because I'll tell you guys another story about my crazy ex-girlfriend. You guys want to hear about my crazy ex-girlfriend? You guys love these drama and tea. Yeah, these always get... Yeah, these always give you crazy. Okay, so my crazy ex-girlfriend at one point took a very particular interest in finding out how to get boys um, more sexy or horny in the bed, right? And so her plan was, uh, she read a book or an article or something, that if you um, do a certain thing in the middle of the night, it's supposed to amplify them, and if it doesn't work, then they're cheating on you. This is what's going on in her head, mind you. And so she was convinced that I was cheating on her. Mind you, I'm probably like 19 at the time. Uh, I don't even have social media. Uh, and I can barely handle her, let alone other girls, on top of getting my degree in school and playing football first time. Um, so I drove four hours to go visit her. Uh, I spent the night with her, knowing I was going to have to wake up in the morning and drive four hours back. In the middle of the night, I woke up to her having an ice cube and a snake on my chest. An what, ice cube and a snake. snake? Hold on. Let me tell you why. She read somewhere that the ice cube 
will wake up and make me more horny. And if the snake bites me, it means I was cheating on her because snakes have an intuition inside of them to know. You ever heard that saying, it takes a snake to know a snake? She was fully convinced that the snake was going to bite me to the point that I woke up to not only the ice cube melting down me, to her anticipating the snake and smacking it in the table to get it to bite me. And when I freaked out on her and asked her what the hell she was doing, she completely gaslit me and told me the only reason I was being defensive about her newfound intuition was because I was full on cheating on her with a specific girl who happened to be the manager of our football team at the time, mind you, who was like 10 years older than us and did our laundry. What? So after going to church the next day, because we had to go to church because she put a snake on me and was convinced that I was some sort of part of the devil, um, we had a nice conversation about why it is that I no longer like reptiles. And now you know why I don't like snakes. Wait, it was a live... I have so many questions. It was a live snake? It was a live snake. She went to the pet store down the street from her house. There's no way. Bought a snake, put it in her car. Didn't tell me about it because you can't tell them about this, right? Got the ice cube. Froze like a bunch of ice cubes, like the square ones. And I was sleeping in the bed and I woke up to this the ice cube going down my chest and there was a snake crawling up the other side. And her smacking the snake's tail trying to get it to bite me. I, I'm too shocked to speak. Because... <laughs> and in my head, guys, this is my first girlfriend. I'm like, you know, she read an article. She somehow... You thought this was normal? You kept dating her? Her logic backed it. She's like, you were religious people. She goes, you know, the snake is supposed to bite. It happened in Hunger Games. You remember in Hunger Games when um, the guy goes to the tank and he throws the handkerchief in there because the snakes don't. Yeah. Yeah. So she, similar to that philosophy, um, she said, if the ice cube works, it means I was faithful to her and I would have woke up with a ginormous boner. Both have screws loose. And if it didn't work, the snake was gonna bite me. Okay. I don't get that. And so I told her my only options were to either wake up with frostbite or wake up with a snake bite. See, you should have dumped her then. She's a great girl. Great girl. She's got a great boyfriend. I don't even know if she has a boyfriend now. She might have a boyfriend. But, like I said, guys, don't take my dating advice. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, no, thank you. I'll tell you guys, I should might as well just make this a series telling stories about Chase's crazy ex girlfriend. <laughs> That should be a new series. Every single podcast, you have to have a new story about her. And this is why we will remain single until the day we D-I-W. How long did you guys date for? Five years? 17 to 23. 18, 19, 20, 20, 20, 20, 20. Six years. No, five years. Five years. It's almost a decade, guys. Broke up on Valentine's Day. That's a story for a different take. That's all the time we got today. Thank you guys for tuning into the number one podcast in the world. We're your hosts, Chase Damore. And Gabrielle Moses. And we'll see you guys in the next one. Chase Bye. out.